Hello, I'm Callum Delieto, and this is Flock Together, the podcast for events and travel professionals. And it is my pleasure to say that season one is in partnership with Visit Berlin, Berlin Convention Office, and we are here today at Tuton Glen. More excitingly, I am joined by Eleanor Klaus from Cheerful 21st. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well, very well. It's the first ever season of what is going to be the most prestigious podcast in the industry. Congratulations. Thank you very much. How is things with you in your career and your job and what you're up to? Um, it's good. It's busy. I can't believe we're at the end of another year. Um, delivered some really cool projects this year, worked on some really nice pieces of creative, and then outside of my day job, with first steps, we've got some really exciting things coming too. So it's all happening. Interesting. Yeah. So event first steps, just very briefly for those that don't know about it, tell us what that is. Um, it's the industry's first initiative designed to help newcomers to the industry, whether they're coming from uni or they're having a career change later in life, helping them to find their place in industry and um, yeah, ensuring they fit in and find a job that suits them and helps them to thrive. Well, the first part of the podcast is all about writing a letter to the industry. Mm -hmm. it's, it's getting that feather from the Flock Together logo okay. and using it as a quill <laughs> to jot down your thoughts. So, you know, it possibly ties in with, with those kind of things, but you are always out there. You always have an opinion. Uh, <laughs> Feels negative. Feels aggressive. Um, take it how you will. Take it how you will. So what is, your, what is your letter to the industry? What is it that you want the industry to know? Uh, I think for me... One thing that I am very passionate about, and I do talk about it a lot, is just ensuring that we're encouraging as much diversity in our industry as possible. Uh, so making sure that we're hiring, being really open-minded, not just looking for people with degrees or specific backgrounds. Um, we hired a junior creative in our team uh, a few years ago that was actually trained as a plumber, and he was really bringing some interesting ideas to the table, thinking of things in ways that we would not. So I just, for me, it's having a really open mind for diversity and hiring for our industry to make sure it's the, the best that it can be. That's probably one of my favorite examples of transferable skills there, because often people, when they hire out of the industry, they hire out of like the secondary or tertiary, uh -huh. kind of the peripheries mm -hmm. as it were, but, mm -hmm. but plumber, that's rogue. Well, like, we liked his CV and then he did a follow-up on LinkedIn. I love a follow-up on LinkedIn. And then when we met him, his vibe was just very infectious. And uh, yeah, he was so keen to learn. And I think technical skills are something you can learn. People skills are something you can't. And he was such, such a great addition to the team. And yeah, everyone was like, that's a rogue choice. But actually I was like, this is how we should be hiring. If you, if you get the right vibe about someone, you can teach them the rest. Yeah, 100%. I'm so for that. All the people that I've hired in, in my career, I always try to look outside the box and, and give people a chance because it, there's that weird vicious circle of you need experience in order to yeah. get the job and to get the job you need experience and you need experience to get the job. And, and, you know, the only way to break that circle is to give people a chance. Yeah. You hire a plumber, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the reform section of the uh -huh. podcast. The next is remember. So yes. I'd like you to remember the first ever work trip that you went on. So I feel like it was years ago, I feel super old, uh, but I was thinking back to the first fam I ever went on, which was to Dubai. And uh, yeah, I still think about it as one of the best fams I've actually ever been on, just because of the activities we did. And I think probably because I'd never been exposed to a fam before, which is obviously the best of the best of everything. And you're in Dubai, which is already ostentatious and crazy. Um, 
so yeah, that was my first fam and it was pretty memorable. We, we went up to the top of the Burj. We did the most amazing desert safari, I guess. Uh, we started off in the late afternoon and then we watched like a hawk show at sunset. And then a guy came out with a telescope and was like showing us planets and stars. And it was like, yeah, it was pretty magical. Weird that it was like a group of like 30 strangers that I'd never met before because it was quite romantic. But um, yeah, it was really dope. It was a very, very cool fam. And I also remember, this is maybe just a girl thing, but like the hotel, the bath had a tap that basically ran from the ceiling. And I was like, heaven, beautiful. That's such a weird thing to be like, yes, I love that. Listen, I, the bath is the key thing in a hotel room. I'm so sorry. Fair. You're like, yeah, it was so so magical. We saw the stars in the <laughs> desert. But the most important thing was the plumbing. And now I know why you hire a plumber. <laughs> and it all comes back around. <laughs> so that was your first ever work uh -huh. trip. What yeah. about the most recent work trip? Uh, like the, the trip you've kind of remember from, from most recently? The most recent was a pretty hectic run in New York, delivering two events in the space of a week. Um, but I love New York. New York feels like one of my spiritual home away from home. And um, yeah, we yeah we, we landed. I went straight into build the next day for one event at this really cool venue in Manhattan, which has a lot of screens. Um, so you can do really immersive stuff with moving graphics. So that was really, really beautiful. And then we were then across three or four different venues around Midtown um, during Fashion Week. It wasn't a Fashion Week event, so it was just super busy, intense. Um, but there's something about like being on site and the buzz of it and the rush of it, and then combining that with being in New York, which is already mad energy. Um, that was my most recent trip. It was exhausting, but I loved it. We often compete about our love for New York. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a, a known rivalry between us. Mm -hmm. Like who owns the city more? Obviously me. Uh, <laughs> it's debatable. It's debatable. I feel like I opened your eyes to New York. I'm, You're I'm not say, taking credit for that. I gave you the city <laughs> to play in. You know, I've loaned you the city for a bit. But no, that does sound amazing. I think there is something super infectious about it. Like you know, as soon as you're there, you just feel the energy. Mm -hmm. Like it just emits from every direction and mm -hmm. you can just and you just feed off of it and i think some people absolutely love that and other people it can be just like overwhelming i think it is like super sensory overload like the, sm the smells of the city the sounds of the city but for me also creatively like even just walking from your hotel down to get a smoothie or whatever like you're bombarded with street art and so many pieces of inspiration and yeah it's, a, it's basically a giant mood board i love it yeah <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by the Visit Berlin Convention Office, your key contact in and for the city of Berlin. From on-site knowledge of the best venues and service providers to conference bids and event planning. As Germany's capital in the heart of Europe, Berlin is a vibrant, elective and creative metropolis, raising the bar of conference and event standards. Let's meet in the world of Berlin. So the next part is all about revisiting. Mm -hmm. And I, if you could go back in time yes. and teleport to a point in your life where you're on a trip and you were having this amazing destination experience, mm -hmm. what, what destination experience would you relive? The Hajang Loop in Vietnam. Ah. Yes. So I was super like lucky enough to be able to travel Asia and I saw a lot of beautiful, beautiful things. But the Hajang Loop in Vietnam is like a 350 kilometer motorcycle loop and uh you can either 
Basically, it's a rite of passage if you're backpacking, everyone kind of does it. You can either ride the bike yourself or it's called easy riding and you get on the back and some Vietnam guy takes his life in your hands and literally looks after you for like four days. Um, and you start out in a really remote village in northern Vietnam. And yeah, it takes three or four days and you stop every night at a different tiny village and you're in a, it's a homestay and uh, you're staying basically on a mattress on the floor with a mosquito net. There's like 30 of you in a group um, and they're making their own alcohol. They call it happy water. And like, so when you've made it through one day and you haven't died in this like treacherous terrain, you have happy water, you guys fed and um, it's really like no luxury, no frills. But I remember doing it and thinking it would be such a dope fam trip because the experience and like how you're bonded together is really magical. And besides the fact like you're seeing some amazing vistas, you touch basically the border of China, you come back round and it was really incredible. And and in, in pounds, it costs about, let's say 70, 80 pounds. It's like one of the most expensive excursions you can do. Best three, four days of my life. I think there's definitely something about like immersing yourself with the local culture as much as possible. And that sounds like the best way to do that. Like Literally. I've, I've been on trips before where you you eat in someone's home and, yeah. and things like that. And I just thought this is the best way to truly understand a destination and yeah. truly understand the people within it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that sounds right on my street. It was it was insane and yeah, the food along the way and you'd see like children like waving as the bikes came through the village and like high-fiving you. And it was just so wholesome and so funny, very random. Um, when I was in Cambodia, I randomly met a girl from a Northern events agency who'd done the same thing. And she was like, when I was on it, I thought it'd be perfect for a fam. And I was like, oh my God, I know. So <laughs> I feel like it'd be the most dangerous fam you ever did, but it would be amazing. Well, talking of fams, uh -huh. the next section of the podcast, I'd like you to kind of reimagine and, and, and create an incentive trip for yourself. Like okay. if you were to be Organising an incentive for yourself, firstly, where would you go, what would you do? But also, what celebrity would you bring along to, to be part of that trip with you? So this may or may not surprise you, but I would do Indonesia, Malaysia, and I would do part of it in Borneo and do like a conservation day or a few days. And I would have David Attenborough come and speak to the guests and just share his knowledge. He is a national treasure, but I just think something about giving back and then also learning from him would be absolutely incredible. Um, and it's on my bucket list, so that would help tick it off, to be honest. I love that, yeah. I really want to give back, but also <laughs> it's on my bucket list, so... Like, you know. Yeah, I just want to see some orangutans and, you know, if David Attenborough's there as well. I, to be honest, I, I really would love to meet him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 96 now. We have to wrap him in a bubble. Yeah. Like, we actually do. It, it's very that, and I'm just... I, I just think that... You, all the work he's done for conservation is is incredible. And I think our industry could certainly learn a lot from the, the conservation industry. Yeah. Especially when it comes to when it comes to international travel and group travel and trips and, and there's you know, there's parachuting help mm -hmm. which is is not beneficial mm -hmm. at all. And then there's really like connecting with the locals and using their knowledge and expertise to truly give back to the destination and help conservation. A hundred percent. And and in Indonesia and Malaysia as well, some of the things I have seen about like their community element as well, when they host community events, like everyone's involved and there's such a feeling of oneness. So I think, yeah, combined, it would be a really cool fam if anyone wants to help me make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the final part is a reaction quiz. So mm -hmm. I would like you to react okay. as fast as you can okay. to the questions that I'm about to give you, okay? Yeah. It's, it's quick fire. So right. no messing around, no right. thinking, just go for it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Packing, last minute or the week before? Last minute. Carry on or check in? Check in. Airport, lounge or shopping? Lounge. Aisle or window? Window. City or nature? Both. 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 A city in and amongst Kuala Lumpur. New York, you've got the water and you've got the city. Uh, I don't know if I'd give the Hudson nature, but okay. Uh, Lay-in or early start? Early. Poolside or seaside? Poolside. You don't like sand? I, I don't like sand. I hate sand. I really don't like sand. I, like, I know that it's cute on the beach, but not the sand everywhere. Um, planned or spontaneous? Planned. Oh, okay. I, I do like spontaneous stuff, but the event planner in me likes the structure. Fair. And finally, hotels, boutique or brand? Boutique. Okay. Well, there you go. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the first season of Flock Together. And uh, I hope that someone listens to this and makes your, your dream trip. <laughs> Indo-Malay fam, come yeah, on. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Thank you for having me.